Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. For everybody who has dreamed of being somebody, Scanlon. but is still dreaming. Walker. For every person who only wanted that one chance, your day has come. Are you ready for a miracle? Kill the mice box. Look, you berserk old Barbie doll. You can talk the talk, you walk the walk. Somebody call 911. Warner Brothers. Emblem Entertainment present Guys like you and kids like that I mean, they can't help it, they're no good Rick Moranis Who are you, Vince Lombardi all of a sudden? It's peewee football In the story of a gridiron miracle League rules clearly state, one town, one team I'll show you intimidation <laughs> Little Giants, heroes come in all sizes Welcome to Vicarious Living, welcome back to the podcast Hello to our guest this evening, longtime listener, second time potter, Hank M. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back, Hank. How does it feel being back in podcast studio? I'm excited to be in the studio, heating up the mics. This studio is fantastic. Feels very professional. Should we give a coronavirus update? Yeah, let's let's mention that a little bit. Have to. Look, we're trudging along for the kids. You know, the kids, they don't have much right now, Hank. I would say they need us now more than ever. Let's hunker down. Let's stay safe. Let's watch some movies. Yeah. So tonight we are going to watch a movie and we're going to deliver the goods for the kids. But first, let's do some housekeeping. So those kids, while they're all bundled up, hunkered down in a quarantine situation, they can go online and order our shit. How do they get at us on Gmail? It's vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and on Instagram, vicariouslivingpodcast on the gram. Get at us. Slide into those DMs, kids, for all of our swag situations Hank what is the movie we are doing tonight the little giants it might just be little giants I don't know if there's a the in there but yes I agree yes Uh, this movie we were just saying totally holds up and I'll tell you so it's always interesting going back and watching these movies from our youth because there are some that don't hold up very well you got any off the top of your head? Yes. Probably like Surf Ninjas. That would be the number one draft pick on movies that don't hold up for shit. Hook, I think, is a pretty good barometer for these type of childhood movies, if they hold up or not, like the hook line. I feel like Hook probably holds up quite well. I could see some of the Lost Boy Rufio stuff, maybe. Hook holds up real well, and that reminds me we should now do that at some point on this podcast, because 
There's teens in there. I think all the Lost Boys seem like they're probably early teens. There's a guy with like a dirt stash, I think. Yeah. You remember that? So there's some puberty in there. We could definitely do that. I mean, Rufio is like 27. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to grow up, but you have yeah. two teens, yeah. kids. Um. Okay. So Little Giants, 1994. This movie, The Connection to the Teens, I wrote down two things. One, like Hook, there's a bunch of 10-year-olds being played by like 15-year-olds. Mm. Teen Connection. And then two... Rick Moranis is in this movie, and I'm pretty sure he's like 14 and a half <laughs> as a full-grown adult. Yeah, so, I can see that. So so we're good on uh, this this Working for a Teen podcast. Some um, of the central themes are super relatable to teens. Questions mm. of identity. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of questions for you, too, because you're a football coach of the teen kids. And That's I think true. there's a lot of parallels between this movie and then probably what you're doing on the day-to-day. Uh, in terms of coaching styles, for sure, um, was watching this with Natalie, and your wife. She said, as a coach, she identifies me more with the Rick Moranis coaching style, and Damn. my my dad, Coach Mac, with the uh, Ed O'Neill coaching style. Yeah, there's a lot of older brother dynamic, and in your case, I guess it could also be translated to father son dynamic going on between Rick Moranis and Kevin O'Shea, his brother, which we'll get into. But yeah, there's. I think you're going to have some good insight into that dynamic. I would just say off the bat that the football, the actual game, mm. pretty good football. It holds up pretty well. Um, I do have a fun fact about that that's really interesting. But first, let's get into some information on this movie directed by Dwayne Dunham. A couple movies you might have heard of that he's already done. Homeward Bound. Oh, with the dogs and the mm-hmm. cats? Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Shadow. By the way, fun fact about that movie, we named our Golden Retriever after the Golden Retriever in Homeward Bound, our family dog, Shadow. R.I.P. He was the best. A lot of good Golden Retrievers in the D-House. Yeah. My parents, they just kind of stick to what works, and what works is getting (laughs) Golden Retrievers every time you get a dog. Um, Another movie he did, remember when I sent out that clip of those two girls playing basketball and that guy commenting on it? That was hilarious. This guy, Dwayne Dunham, who directed Little Giants, also directed that movie called Double Teamed. Not a basketball guy. Nailed the football in this one. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm just going to give you the fun facts right now because it relates to this. So one of the fun facts on this director was he was actually removed as director after shooting more than two thirds of this movie. He fell behind during the football game sequences so they were just like, you're fucking out, bud. Hmm. And they brought in this guy, Brian Levant, and he finished like the football scenes and then the movie. I thought it was a well-directed movie. That surprises me. That was yeah. my impression when I watched it. Yeah. The other fun fact on this movie, uh, it was inspired by an early 1990s McDonald's ad about peewee football that ran during the Super Bowl. The day after it aired, Steven Spielberg liked it so much that he called up the ad's creator and hired him to write the script. Was it like a girl playing football? I have no idea. I would imagine so. We should look that up at some point. Yeah, those are just fun. Interesting stuff. Okay, are you ready for the plot, though? Uh just one thing I'd like to get in before the plot is I'd like to congratulate you on being super woke. 
Mm. I believe this was maybe one of the original women empowerment movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rapino, get at us, or get at the VL boys, but super woke. So a little pat on the back there for you Mm -hmm. for taking on and... You I know, mean, proselytizing. I'm woke. Of this. I'm woke as fuck. I, I see, mean, just I see your eyes. Look at last week. Did a lady take over? That's me being woke on steroids. So checkbox. Then this week, yeah, girl just crushing all the dudes. More wokeness. Eventually, I do want to do that double team movie, which is the biggest atrocity I ever put <laughs> on screen. But again, gonna get more woke points for that. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Respect, man. Um, okay, plot of this movie. Kevin O'Shea, a.k.a. Ed O'Neill, is an early retired football star who now coaches a peewee league team. Damn. Right off the bat, that just sounds like his life has fucking <laughs> fallen apart. <laughs> they, they, This character's got some pretty good nuances that fit. fit yeah, that. yeah. Um, when Kevin excludes his niece, Becky O'Shea, despite her being the best player, she convinces her dad, Danny O'Shea, A.K. Rick Moranis, the 14-and-a-half-year-old full-grown adult, to coach a peewee team. Danny accepts in an attempt to show Urbania that Kevin is not invincible and there is another O'Shea in town. Danny picks a team of players that have never been given a chance and Danny no longer wants to be second best. Little Giants. Gets me jacked, dude. It gets me jacked right off the bat. Um, any questions you have on the plot, Hank, or is that pretty self-explanatory? That is the plot, yes. <laughs> nice real, rag, real ragtag bunch of, bunch of football players. They all got cut. Uh-huh. I think the water tower, is. do we have a symbolism a symbolism section? I don't know. Yeah, well, you've seen some symbolism there. The, the the brother's name is on the water tower, just Kevin O'Shea. Well, when they're kids, early in the movie, it just says Urbania County, yada, yada. And young Danny O'Shea doesn't get picked in the game, even though his brother's a captain. Right. And to make him feel better, right before he kicks off the ball, young Kevin O'Shea points at the water tower and says, someday our names are going to be up there, brother. Clip. Hey, Danny. You see that water tower? One day our name's gonna be up there in big bold letters. The O'Shea Brothers. We're gonna own this town. You and me, buddy. It's a great trope. I love that water. As a kid, I was super struck by getting your name on a water tower. I really felt that like that was a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I gave up all hope on like getting my name on anything. Like I always thought like my name would be on something, like I would become really rich and then like, you know buy a library like put a, my name on it like a bench behind lord's grade school yeah shout out lords that's where i went to grade school west side yeah <laughs> like a bench or something that would have been cool too just something with my name on it but like as i've gotten older i've realized that there's just no chance my name's gonna be on anything other than my gravestone oh uh, yeah i don't really have those aspirations uh. yeah i gave it up but anyways uh if you do have your name on a water tower that would be fucking pretty dynamite so Cool points for Kevin O'Shea. Okay, Hank, Rotten Tomatoes. Have you seen it? I have not. You want to make a guess? Can I ask a couple questions if I can? Yeah. Like, where does a how good can a kids movie do? Like, we're talking best kids movies, like not Toy Story, but maybe like Finding Nemo or Hook. Hook would be a good barometer for me. I believe like 
Toy Story 3 is at like 100%. Oh, that movie's amazing. Yeah. I, all those Pixar movies are all going to be in the 90s. So I don't so, think this is that good. No. So a barometer, Pixar is going to be in the 90s. Okay. Stuff like that. Um, then probably Grown Ups 2, because I think that's at 0%. If well, you want that wanna, a kid's movie? If you want to count that as a kid's movie, that's like the other side of the spectrum. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty positive it's actually at 0%. Do you remember those like spy movies when we were in grade school or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spy kids? That would be at the other end of the spectrum for me, like a bad kids movie. Um, okay, Little Giants, what's your guess? 82. No. Oof. Way off. If this were golf, you'd be fucked. If, if, if that was the top score, <laughs> if lowest score wins, because you are 50 points off, it is a 36. Wow. I know. Weak. I thought it was well-directed. I thought the script, the plot arc was great. It's got all the kind of scenes you want to see, good montages, visually appealing. I'm looking up what the audience is. The themes are supported with details. Yeah, the audience is 63. That makes me feel a little better. Here's the thing, though. On these critics, it's only 11 total critic scores, giving it a 36. Can we filter it by millennials? We just want millennial critics. I have no idea how to do that. We need a data. Let's just say this score's bullshit. This movie holds up really well. I recommend it to all the kid listeners. Don't listen to the critics. Yeah, don't listen to them. Especially, dude, at this time with coronavirus shit and the kids are indoors looking for a good film... Uh, this would be on the list for sure. Okay, dude, are you ready for a player breakdown? Is it time? Yes. Rick Moranis. Danny. Danny O'Shea, Coach. dude, this fucking guy. So I am just so, you know, how you think of like, what if, like big what ifs in your life? Like, oh man, what if I did this? Or what if I did that? I got a couple of those. Sure. Yeah. Like for me, it's like, what if Rick Moranis just didn't completely disappear from the scene? Yeah. He had a lot of movies I liked. I mean, in my childhood. Fuck. So he had this 10 year stretch from 1987 to 97 where he was just slaying Hollywood. Like, fuck, all the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. I would watch that anytime it was on TV. Oh, dude. In the first one, you know what? It might have been Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is the first one. Shit, what's her fucking name? She has curly hair. Oh, dude, Carrie Russell. You familiar? No, nah, I mean, I'm sure I'd recognize her. You got a photo there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, a yes, yes. A young Carrie Russell. Holy shit. She's perfect. Great cheekbones. Oh, my God. Kids, just go type into Google young Carrie Russell curly hair, and I think she's literally perfect in every single way. Oh, my God. I can't look at it. I can't look at it. So, anyways, yeah, Moranis was in that, dude. And uh, she's like the, or no, she's the babysitter. That Fuck. sounds right. And uh, anyways, so no taboo there. Moranis just crushed 87 to 97. He was in Flintstones, Little Giants, Parenthood, the Ghostbuster movies, Big Bully. And then he was out. 
and he bounced because his wife, this is actually sad, his wife got breast cancer, spread to her liver, and then passed away. Hmm. I think that was like 91. And then in 97, he was just like, now my kids are getting a little older and I'm a single dad just like raising these kids and I don't want them to like grow up, you know, with their their only parent gone all the time and stuff. So fuck it. I'm just out. This movie, he plays a single dad as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe he could bring some of those real life feelings to the table. I guess he did because he probably filmed this like a year or two after his wife died. You said 1994 was the setting. Yeah. Or when it came out. I don't know when it was set. Yeah. It's tragic, dude. It sucks. But anyways, yeah, that's what happened to Rick Moranis. He's just like, fuck. He had fuck you money, too, because he was so rich from all these like huge hits in the 90s that he was probably just like, I can do this. So why would I not just be in my kids' lives more? I don't fault him for that, but he made a lot of good movies when we were kids. Yeah. Rick Moranis, fucking guy's the man, dude. Heck of a leader. Real funny football coach. Perfect for the underdogs. So you related to him. I did. Is Uh, that you out there on uh, on the turf, dude? I've had some seminal experiences as a young kid playing football that made me want to go be a football coach so other kids wouldn't have those shitty experiences. Let me ask you this, as you're talking about not wanting to be a dick coach, I fashion you exactly like the principal, and this has already been said on the pod, but I fashion you exactly like the principal in Pineapple Express clip. <laughs> hey, people. Hi, Mr. Edwards. Can I help you? Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah? I see you don't have a visitor's badge. That's why I ask. I'm uh, actually with her, actually. My yeah. boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I wish I didn't hear that, but I just heard that. Edward, hey, how's it going? Hey, hey Clark, hey. how you doing, man? What's up? I'm, 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 I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right, Clark. Clark's a great guy, man. He's totally going to take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's going to be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. You chimp fucking Actually, little bastard. Know, oh, well, you know, okay, one. you've got what? T-minus 30 fuck seconds you. to get off school. So... Is this you out there while you're coaching? <laughs> no. Like totally trying to be cool? No, it's not. Cool that kid? characterization is hilarious, but inaccurate. Because <laughs> I just, I envisioned you like trying to dab up like all the cool, really good football players out there. And then the kids that suck, you like, you probably. Uh, yeah. I love the kids that suck. Yeah, you probably, yeah, you're probably cool to them too. Yeah, they just got to have a little moxie. But are you extra cool? With the really good players. I make a point to play it cool. Like, I try hard to, you know, stay calm. Stay like, cool. Chad, what are you doing this Friday night, dude? Chad, what's up? No, I... <laughs> Chad, what's up, dude? <laughs> we going out for beers? I'll get you beers, Chad. Hey, Chad, I got a real idea. You want to get some fucking Mickey's Big Mouse on Friday night, Chad? I After mean, the game? You should go back to school and become a teacher, dude. I'd crush. <laughs> I'd crush. Yeah, I'd become best friends with all the best athletes, dude. I'd go back and do it right. <laughs> Give them good grades even when they got bad grades. Yeah, Chad, I'm going to hook you up, dude. Anyways, what are you up to uh, this Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> After the game. <laughs> all right, dude. Off of Moranis, Ed O'Neill, Kevin O'Shea, the older brother. Now, this guy... He just dominates TV. He is obviously became huge and famous from Married with Children. He's the dad from that show. 
and then has gone to a whole new level with Modern Family mm-hmm. as the uh, like the old man married to Sofia Vergara. Yes, the younger, much younger than him, very attractive Latina woman. But mm-hmm. my my wife is super into Ed O'Neill. Oh, really? She was getting frisky, man. Well, he's younger in this movie. He's like probably what forty seven in this movie. Maybe Ish. I don't know. I don't think he had any gray in his hair when do maybe early forties in my beard already. Yeah, I think he was probably like in his forties in this movie. Um, just nailed the outfit. The polyester coaching shorts from oh. the nineties. I remember those well. Yeah, are those like Rydell? Yes, they're, they're like Rydell. They, they come nowhere near your knees. They cannot serve any functional purpose for being outside in the heat. No, because they were skin tight when people were not wearing skin tight shorts, and they were also like five inches away from the knee when no one else was doing that. His outfit was just the best. Let's do an outfit breakdown. Um, those Rydell shorts, the mid-calf height socks with football cleats. He's got a windbreaker, as I recall, like yep. quarter zip, high collar. Yep. Uh, aviators. Always s- chewing gum. Always chewing gum. Whistle always around his neck, even when he's at home with his fucking wife and kids. Slick back hair. That's Ed O'Neill in this movie. And that was doing it for my wife. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Really? Big time, dude. So she's sexually attracted to him. She was loving it. What up, Natalie? Write in vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com if you want to explicitly describe why you're turned on by Ed O'Neill in this movie. She was even carrying on about old Ed O'Neill and modern family. She's like, see why him as a young man, he just had that something that would allow him be, to be the older guy that somehow makes sense with an attractive younger wife like he has a modern family oh that's interesting yeah he's got like so much x factor that he's drenched in that even as an old man it's not that outlandish that he's slaying it made yeah it made sense to her that's what she was saying mm. man if only this pod was extra woke and we always had a girl on it then we could get those hot takes right now but we're not Um, Fun facts about Ed O'Neill. Black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Dang. So. Respect and honor. He doesn't fuck around. Oh, this one's crazy fun. Signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1969 as an outside linebacker. Dang. Yeah, he was cut before the actual regular season started, but that's actually what he started off his life being is, I'm just going to be a professional football player talented man (laughs) i know dude this guy's versatile damn he's versatile yeah how cool is that though you're like it didn't work out in 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 sports outside linebacker especially in 69 that's a brute position (laughs) i'm surprised he doesn't have ct yeah strong man yeah any uh any other things on him or do you want to move to the next uh things that just help you understand his character so always chewing the gum like a lot of built-up energy. He has a canned accolades speech where he just recites all his football accomplishments from his high school and college days, Heisman Trophy winner. He's a car salesman. Oh, yeah. That's a perfect way to yeah label him. Is He's a car salesman. Yes. Yeah. He's always selling. He's uh, He can talk anyone into any... He's very good with his words. He's very smooth, but he's also like shady as shit. He just expects people to see the world the way he does. That's like one of his yeah. lines to his brother. I knew you'd see it my way. 
Yeah, let's just put a little taste of that in because that's a theme of this movie. You hurt their feelings. Danny, you and I both know those kids can't cut it. What am I supposed to do, lie to them? Build up their hopes? Trust me, it's better this way. They'll thank me tomorrow. I knew you'd see it my way. The, yeah, just the I knew you see it my way trope. He says it several times throughout the movie, and it sparks a turning point when Coach Danny O'Shea starts off a monologue with, I never see it your way. I hate your way. Mm, yeah, finally stands up to him. I love it. Um, next character, fucking Icebox. Becky. Becky O'Shea, but better known as Icebox. The Icebox. Dude. She kicks so much ass. I love it. I was looking her up, though, in real life, and uh, she just essentially was a one-and-done, like, one-hit wonder. Did not do anything else. I didn't think so. She's still acting to this day, but it's like... She's just not good at it? I I looked at her whole thing from 94, because this movie was the first movie she ever did, and I looked 94 to 2019. I didn't recognize one other title. Weird. Yeah. She seemed all right, you know, for a kid actor. I don't know how old she was. Uh, I think she was uh, 13 or so. But she nailed it. Uh, yeah, she crushed it in this. What I will say, dude, is Icebox, the nickname, is about as good as it gets. I thought that was so cool when I was a kid, and I still <clears throat> think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, damn. What a nickname. I just, it'd be cool to, like, have that nickname from when you were younger and then, like, people still call you that. Like, now she's probably, like, in her 40s, and she, like, walks into a bar. You're the icebox. And, yeah, every- <laughs> I don't know why she wouldn't just be, like, why did I didn't use, like, she's now got a family and stuff, and, like, her husband's, like, calling her icebox in the bedroom. Maybe their baby they call ice tray. Mm, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so ice tray is the kid. And they just use that nickname like in the bedroom, like when stuff gets like really sexual. You're getting me so cold, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff like that. Love it. Um, Last one that I'm going to do on this character breakdown is Junior Floyd. Such a pimp. Dude, this guy, Devin Sawa. How do you spell that? S-A-W-A. Sure. Sawa. Sure, that's fine. Uh. I remember when I was watching this movie when I was younger, like, God, if I could just be like 10% as cool as fucking Junior Floyd, I would nail life. Agreed. Do you remember what they see him doing when they first meet him? Yeah. Yeah. He's just sitting in an aisle at the grocery store, bombing toilet paper into a cart at the other end. Mm-hmm. Rebel, A, mm. misbehaving in the grocery store. B, just dropping sweet, sweet dimes of toilet paper right on target. Icebox is floored with him. She's enthralled, peeping at him through a little slit in the food aisle wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I always, like, I did, I remember going to the grocery store and just wanting to be like, God, I am not looking nearly as cool as Junior Floyd when he's just with his mom at the grocery store. Like, this guy, I mean, I'm just walking alongside my mom. You know, swag. I had no, I had no swag at the grocery store with my mom. I might like, (laughs) oh, mom, like, come on, 
enough with the life cereal. Like, let I know Dad likes it, but like, it's time for some Crunch Berries with the berries, not just Captain Crunch. Like Crunch Berry with the berries, Mom. I've seen how you are about cereal. Uh huh. At your home. Uh, yeah. Did I think you it's serious. like write notes about the cereal you yeah. wanted and post them inside the cabinet door? Yeah, that's a side tangent, but uh, yeah, you guys came over to my house once in high school and opened up the cabinet and saw that I had two lists on the inside of the cabinet uh, doors for my mom. So Must-haves, wild cards. Yeah. All right. Well, and they, on the on the must-haves list for cereal, it was like Frosted Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I love that one. Uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Like those are must haves. Those are your staples. And then the wild cards was when I'm like, okay, mom, now that you see that like we have at least two or three of these must haves, the staples, right? Like every once in a while, it would behoove you, mom, throw a wild card in. Your wild cards are going to be like your fucking honey smacks, Mm. your golden grams, lucky charms, lucky charms, you know, something that is a little like honeycomb. Cookie, cookie crisp, cookie crisp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something like those are your wild cards where we're starting to get a little off the beaten path, like Reese's, uh, the Reese Puffs. Mm, yeah, we had that sometimes. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, again, Mom, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you how to shop the grocery store, but you know, mix it up. But Mom. I do. Yeah, <laughs> you're giving advice. Yeah, it's leading her down the right path. Anyways, Junior Floyd. I was never as cool as him at the grocery store. Uh, Great hair. Oh, yeah. That's the last thing I want to say on him. He was dominating mid-90s cool Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World hair. Late 90s style. That sweatshirts. Fucking mid-90s hair, dude, is like... So dreamy. It's just parted down the middle. I don't know why that was ever cool, but it's just parted down the middle and then long... To where, like, a lot of times it's getting in your eyes and stuff. It wasn't stuff. a butt cut, though. It was in the ballpark, but... Yeah. I don't know what it is, but when it got a little sweaty and stuff, it, like, mm. looked so cool. It really did. Fucking Floyd. He's a quarterback. Do you, do, you, do you think he's got some Joe Burrow? Has some Junior Floyd vibes? Maybe Tom Brady? He's got quarterback vibes. I mean, he carried himself the same way. Just, like, cool, calm, and collected at all times. Yeah. Joe Burrow might be accurate because... When I think of Junior Floyd, I think of Joe Burrow smoking that cigar after they won the national championship. Have cool hair, looking chill as frick. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, dude. I think that does it on the main characters. We'll get into some of the other smaller ones, but I think we should transition into the actual movie with a little theme music to jack us up. To the tits. So jacked. That theme music or soundtrack, still when I hear it to score. this day, yeah, that score, it, it reminds me of this movie. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's very synonymous with this movie. There's at least two training montages, and I'm sure that's playing during the training montages. 
Yep, and it's also playing at the end, like when they score on that last play to win the game, it's also playing then, you know? Annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, movie starts out, Icebox. She gets cut from her uncle, Kevin O'Shea's football team. They did a good job capturing the pain of that cutting for mm-hmm. the guys who didn't make the team, I thought. Yeah. She's essentially cut because she's a girl. So, again, this is a woke podcast, Hank. It's woke. And let's just play a quick clip of uh, some of the shit she's getting from the other boys. Hey, Icebox. You look like a boy and play like a boy. Do you pee standing up? No, when she's hot to trot, she still got a squat. Shots fucking fired. She's not going to lay down for that. Yeah, she doesn't have to lay down for that shit. You're right. It's fucking bullshit. That kid can get fucked. And I'm not even coming at this from a woke angle. I could give less of a fuck. As you know, I'm actually not very woke. And I could give less of a fuck if she's a girl or a boy. I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care how she pees. I don't care I like to squat to pee sometimes, too. Hey, cool. No big deal. I'm not going to frown on that. I mean, sure, I don't do it much. (laughs) But guess what? I squat to poo. So we're all doing it at times, kid. Yeah, well, we've all squatted. But here's the thing. I don't care, girl or guy. The thing is, is that Icebox is the best player on the football team. Yeah. And at that age, at 10 years old, I it wasn't like blowing my mind at all. I grew up next door to Megan S., grew up with her. She was always competing with me on the same level from a basketball sense our whole lives growing up. It wasn't until like puberty hit that that actually changed, but... My point is, at this age, Becky Icebox O'Shea is the best player on the team. No doubt. And she got cut because she's a girl. Fuck that. By her uncle. By her own uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Real talk? Oh, oh, yeah. The getting cut from the team, like, that's, that's a real pain for the kids. Well, first off, I was surprised on this, in this sense, that it was football. Yeah. Do, Do football... Do they ever cut players? No. If if you can go through the workouts and you do the work, you get to be on the team. And that's public and private school, right? I, I obviously don't know how every football program does it, but it's, that's the way football traditionally works. Yeah. So it was only like the fat kid, the girl, and then <laughs> I just realized it was the black kid too. I don't know why the he black kid's catch. getting cut. He couldn't catch. He had bad hands. You need cornerbacks. A great speed. Yeah, yeah, move him to fucking DB. What's the big deal, Kevin O'Shea? You racist? That would have been a nice coaching point for Danny O'Shea saying, you got skills here. You don't have hands. Let's do what you are good at. They didn't go that route, though. That's a good net to pick. Yeah. Like, why are we not moving Hot Hands Hanan to fucking DB? Why are they trying to just get him to learn how to catch? He just move him blanket. To... Yeah, dude. Fucking cover corner. No big deal. Like, just have a lockdown corner on the outside? Very short-sighted by Coach Kevin O'Shea and cutting him from the team. Yeah, so Kevin O'Shea, slightly racist, (laughs) sexist, and hates all fat people. The last kid to make the team, Sean Murphy. Oh, Butt cut, haircut, big time. Dude, he's got the butt cut that is not, like, cool like Junior Floyd, you know? It's, like, lame. Yeah. He's, like, got a practice hero Junior Floyd haircut. So after these kids, they all got cut. 
Danny O'Shea, Coach O'Shea, comes to him before he's the coach. And just a funny thing to say. He says, so, guys, uh, anything we can learn? Which is a good question to ask, but they're all kids. So they're just like, uh, don't try out for teams. Yeah. Hey, Danny O'Shea, Rick Moranis, like, dial it down a notch. These kids aren't, like, full-grown adults who, like did something in their control to get them like fired from a job and then it's like hey what do we what do we know like what can we learn here he's they're a natural fu- teacher they're fucking 10 years old <laughs> fucking danny <laughs> fucking rick moranis <laughs> so anyway yeah <laughs> mm, nice brew crack so anyways now we go to danny o'shea he's just gonna fucking create his own team dude because fuck this he's got the best player in the entire Little town of Urbania. Icebox starts the team without asking her dad. He finds out oh, about right. second hand. You're right. He just he uh, he supports her. He supports her. Yeah, which, yeah. Super good dad supports his daughter for playing football when she has the identity crisis later and wants to switch to cheerleading, which I'm sure we'll get to. He supports her there as well. Yeah, he's a good dad. This is why he quit acting, dude, to raise his kids. Rick Moranis is a good dad. So let's pepper in a little clip of how this is all going to net itself out here. We're forming our own team. League rules clearly state one town, one team. You can't have two teams. Let's have a playoff. That's a great idea, Wilbur. How about it, fellas? How about it? Two Saturdays from today, 12 noon. Meet me at half court. It's the 50-yard line, Dad! Danny. You don't stand a chance. We just want to play. One game playoff to decide who's going to be the team in Urbania. Kevin O'Shea and his hand-picked team of, like, select kids versus Rick Moranis' team of, like, ragtag bunch of, like, idiots and all that. The underdog theme is developed well. The equipment disparity between the two teams. The Cowboys have these slick uniforms and like tackling dummies. Uh, Danny O'Shea's group, he owns a service gas station. They're practicing on a dirt field with a mm. without jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that underdog story, dude. It's it's like it's hit over our head this entire movie with all of that stuff. There's a it. racing scene between the brothers where Danny O'Shea drives a go kart and his brothers in like a corvette mm-hmm. um should we though zag into corvettes versus the go-kart and why they're in those vehicles yeah let's 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 dig into that i'm curious to see where this is going yeah that is my super smooth transition into the introduction of spike mm. because that's why kevin o'shea oh, yeah is in his fucking corvette and Danny O'Shea, Rick Moranis is in a go-kart is they find out that there is this fucking 23 year old who's, you know, got a birth certificate that illegally says he's 10 and they need to go like recruit him for their peewee football team. (laughs) I don't think this is that unrealistic. I know it seems unrealistic, but um, I always knew like in high school and stuff when we got to high school and I was playing with kids on the basketball team who were like the best kid in the city. Dave B. Yeah, man. Remember him? cool, yeah. Um, he told me that, like, in grade school, he was getting recruited all the time by, like, our high schools in our city, trying to get him to go to their school. But yeah, smooth style. But this seemed, like, Plain slightly style. young. That's, yeah, that's high school. This is, like, 
they're 10. I mean, depending on where you're at, like I, I was in the dentist's office and read a Leonard Fournette story when he was coming out for the draft. He was getting recruited during Pee Wee football. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's so in Louisiana. Not, so then this will not be a nit to pick with this movie. We'll just say this is totally happening. My uncle got recruited. That's the only reason he ended up going to the high school he went to in grade mm. school. So these these guys are doing the same shit. And when they go to get Spike is this kid's name. And like I said, I'm pretty sure he is fully through puberty and like six feet tall, playing with a bunch of 10-year-olds. His dad is wild as shit. You know what? I hate that guy, but he's a good character. He's a good character, but... While we're talking about his dad, another smooth transition by me. I want to get into a little Ryan Phil Lepe. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man practice i mean how silly is that ryan Phillippe, practice hero award a winner of the week is going to go to one of these three nominees and spike's dad is number one on the list i have two nominees okay <laughs> spike's dad was one of them okay cool so let's describe spike's dad first and then we'll get into your second one spike's dad living vicariously through his son like a beauty pageant mom living through her daughter yes that was my hot fire take what do you think about him do you like him or do you hate him i hate him yeah i i'm tr- i can't remember the specific things he does but there's one scene where spike's running to score a touchdown and like zigging and zagging and his dad's hips and hands are like <laughs> scooting at the angles too on yeah. the sideline <laughs> his dad the first scene that we meet spike his dad has him carrying a fucking refrigerator out of the moving truck. Demonstrating his physical dominance. Yeah. So Spike's dad, uh, one on the list. Who's your second guy? I'll see if it's one of my other. My second guy is a kid. It's the cowboy hat kid who's on the little giants team. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't have him on my list, but I love that you put him on there. I hate that kid. (laughs) Right? We don't need that weirdness of... Little cowboy gun, cowboy hat kid at football practice. Yeah. And I just remember a scene when he's first introduced, they go and find him. He's like outside of a store and he's riding one of those, like, um, you put a quarter in and you ride that electric horse thing. Yeah. And the kid doesn't want to play football. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. No. You know what? We need no additional context. If you've seen the movie, you know who that little kid is, and he's doing way too much. He fucking sucks. Enough said. Good ad by you. My other two. One, Coach Butts. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah, for sure. This is Kevin O'Shea's, like, bitch. He's a good character, too. This movie has good bit roles, even. I'm surprised he got such a bad score. Let, let's just give a taste of Coach Butts. He's Kevin O'Shea's, like, he wishes he was Kevin O'Shea so fucking bad. He's, like, his assistant at the uh, used car lot or whatever. And then he's also the assistant on the Wee football team. It's like, way to crush life, you idiot. Here's a clip of uh, Coach Butts in action. I can't be wasting my time with a bunch of losers. Butts, this is Wee football, Kevin. Every one of those kids should have a chance to play. Not on this team. 
I don't know. This guy's such a fucking idiot. Uh, another good scene. He goes to the little giant's car wash when they're trying to make money just to mock them and says something about, like, these kids don't deserve to play football. Like, if they were chickens, he'd drown them or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little too much there, bud. <laughs> yeah. Fucking guy. What is going on in your real life? Wife? Kids? No? Like, this is your thing? This is how you live your life? You're just sucking the dick off this guy? You obviously wish you could be, and then what? You go home and, like... Judge what's, kids? Yeah, what's his after-work, like, evening like? I don't know, but I think it just makes this noise a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, who knows? Anyways, yeah, that guy is such a fat fucking idiot loser. Last one on my list, dude, and then I'll I'll let you pick who the winner is. I put Jake's mom on there. Jake is the uh, nerdy kid who's got like that booger mm-hmm. bubble. It's not bubble, yeah. You know, I'll, let me uh, just to remind you who she is. Let me put another clip in of her. Excuse me, Coach. Hi, Mr. O'Shea. I'm Cheryl Berman. I'm terribly sorry, Jake's so late, but I took him to see Dr. Harding. He sneezed three times this morning and had me worried sick. You can't be too cautious. When I finally did get pregnant, the doctor ordered me off to bed. I spent nine miserable months on my back. Well, if I had rolled over, I could have lost him. In the birth, well, God only knows the pain. He weighed only one pound, 11 ounces. He spent the first six weeks of his life in an incubator. And I think football is just the medicine for him. This mom to me is just just doing way too much, obviously. Like, she personifies everything that I think Ryan Phillippe is in a female mom form. Okay. So she is doing way too much as a mom. Yeah. Like dressing her kid up in like foam protective gear for football practice. But that's a funny scene. So I don't hate what she's adding. And that's why you might not have her as your winner. So if you roll her out and you look at the other three contestants. Yeah, she usually makes me laugh. Okay. So she's out for you. So the other three contestants would be Coach Butts, Spike's dad. And then the little idiot cowboy on the football team, 10-year-old cowboy. So of those three, Hank, who do you want the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award of the Week to go to? It's kind of tough because I, I worry about MCITW overlap. No, we're good? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'm giving it to Coach Butts. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, for me, Coach Butts was written down first. Me too. Number one on my list. Me too. So... I I literally do no begrudging of you for making that pick. None. Do you want me to get into my MCITW winner, though? You're driving the boat, Captain. Let's drive that boat right into the MCITW, Hank. And that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. And it's brought to you by our Fine sponsors, Wicklowear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your auto gear at Wicklowear.com. Type in the promo code Viola. Check out. Get 10% off of your order kits. $30 on the baseball tees. $20 on the text. $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. That Hank is actually wearing right now. Super comfortable. Mm. Lounging. I could go explore if I wanted to. Yeah. Freely. I mean, we're just hanging out doing a podcast and you're wearing the fucking swag. No big deal. For me... I don't know how you could do the movie Little Giants and not give the MCITW to the biggest villain in the entire movie. It's going to fucking Spike. Spike's pretty terrible, man. He's... He sucks. (laughs) He fucking sucks. He speaks of himself in the third person. Yeah, let's... Spike don't care. (laughs) 
let's put a clip in of Spike uh, when he when he uh, speaks about himself in the third person. You call this a team? Hey, you pretty boy. Next time you hand out to Spike, put it here. Boom. And you fat lineman. You rang. From now on, just get your jelly rolls out of Spike's way, unless you want cleat marks up your fat back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Super mean to these kids. So Spike's out of control. He He's... comes hard at Icebox for being a girl. Yeah. Real yeah. hard. Yeah, Spike goes hard. He's not woke. Now, I think Spike, I think it was clear what they, they're doing. It's like Kevin O'Shea knows. Yes, my team as a whole is better, but he's got the best player, Icebox. So, Junior Floyd seems like the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, Andy and then goes gets Junior Floyd. So it's like cumulatively, our team is much better, but they have like the LeBron James and Greek freak in the NBA so I need to go get a main guy myself. And he goes out and gets fucking Spike. Let's just break down Spike's outfit, though, when he's introduced. Because this was a honestly a big factor for me in, in giving this MCITW. Let me show you a picture so you just get a little taste. Yes. So Spike, he's wearing a sweatshirt that has been cut at the sleeves. Mm-hmm. And then turned into a fucking belly shirt. A little crop top. Crop top sweatshirt situation. Football gloves. Maybe 80s even. He's obviously fully gone, gone through purity because I'm looking at his, I'm staring at his, his pit hair right now. No happy trail? There's a happy trail situation that's leading to um, sweatpants shorts that he, again, cut into shorts himself. A weightlifting belt yeah you don't want to hurt your back carrying that fridge (laughs) (laughs) and then scrunched down knee socks scrunched into timberland boots this is the first time we meet spike so i'm getting like a working man vibe a weightlifting vibe and like uh, uh, yeah i don't know but haircut uh high and tight obviously his dad's is high and tight too flat toppy spike just get fucked I, i don't Spike sucks in this movie. He's the clear villain. I usually don't give it to as clear as that, but I just he sucks. He cheap Spike shots sucks. Junior Floyd in the back. Oh my Dick god. Move. Dude. You know what? Save that cuz we're about to go to that end football game and yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. So, Spike, get fucked. And while you're doing that, Spike, yeah, be Please. free and explore and get bent, Spike. Fuck you. Okay, dude. Actually, you know what? Do you want to touch on the John Madden stuff at all? Or just go to the final game? Uh, no, just quick. John Madden. Yeah. John, I don't... There was some weird cameo with John Madden. It it inspired the kids. Like, the an O-lineman showed one of the other kids mm. how to be fearless. Like, the kid's scared. And he just yells, I'm like, run through me! As a football coach, that got me going. Like, that scene did have some of the visceral emotions that football requires of a player to be fearless enough to do your best to run through another player that that got me going no that wasn't John Madden it was one of the NFL no he had a lot of stuff that was good football advice like you know he had that line where he says football is 80 percent mental 40 percent physical that's right because he's saying like it's 100 and you got to give 120 percent but the game is mostly mental 
But it also doesn't fucking matter. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring it. Just bring it, bitch. <laughs> the only fun fact on that though is that you see John Madden pull up in a like a bus mm-hmm. with his team. That's actually true. I don't know if you probably you might know this that he would he was like would never fly. So when he was doing games across the country every week, he would literally just take a bus like 18 hours across the country. Did he make his whole team ride on that bus too? No. <laughs> no. That sucked for just Yeah. Um anyways, it was just interesting. All right, dude. Should we go to the final showdown? Yes. Game time, baby. Let's give a clip to set the stage of the coin toss. Brother on brother, mano y mano, Cowboys versus Giants. Here it is. Heads. Uh, excuse me. How come he gets to call it? Danny, what difference does it make? You kick off, we ram it down your throat. We kick off, we take it from you, then ram it down your throat. Guys, cut it out. You're brothers. Not by choice. Hey, back off. I don't have to take that. Not from a guy who sunk his last dime into a broken down gas station. What are we talking about? We're talking about my car dealership against your gas station. Winner of this game takes it all. You're on. Fine. Okay. I'll even let you call it. Open up your fist. Heads. Tails. (laughs) Danny, this is going to be the longest day of your life. Yeah, we'll see about that. What the hell am I doing? Mm. I just love that dynamic, dude. It's clear... Kevin O'Shea is the older brother. Yes. You've got an older brother. I could relate, yeah. Do these dynamics hold hold water for you? They do hold water for me. Um, me and my brother get along great. We're friends. Um, but he has always been a much better athlete than I am. Mm-hmm. So I can relate on that level. This movie I loved when I was a kid. I feel like it may have you know, contributed to a little bit of my identity as, as a person. Mm. If we're getting deep and real for a minute. Uh, I love that. I'm always getting deep. Yeah. So I was, I love football as these kids who play little giants do, but I was never very good at it. So to hear the message that you have a spot in football, which Danny O'Shea provided, mm. that meant a lot to me. Yeah. 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 That, this, so this movie, it really resonated with you. Love that. Glad we picked this movie for that exact situation is this where the scene where they just made a bet also for their businesses respectively is that that the clip you played yeah so the stakes are peewee football and ownership of his brother's car rental yeah or danny o'shea's gas service station yeah it's like whoa whoa (laughs) i feel like we took an innocent car race into all of a sudden we're just betting for slips you know for pinks pinks man (laughs) big time fucking just playing for if you lose this car race you no longer own the vehicle yeah uh tough it really jumped up a notch but dude that's how you know like shit's getting real stakes are high as fuck and we might have overlooked this detail icebox isn't even playing in the game yeah good call we missed her her internal conflict that i think the ladies would relate to it made natalie cry yeah so once you get into that so icebox she skips the first half because she's out before the game she's like what i gotta she she had a crush right junior floyd yeah they have like that whole talking about kissing scene Mm. uh they're talking about different ways people do it in the movie and then she's like so if you were gonna learn i bet you'd want to learn with somebody like i forget the cheerleader girl's name kevin o'shea's daughter Somebody like, we'll call her Amber. You want to learn with somebody like Amber, I guess. And Junior Floyd's super uncomfortable. Mm. And so, like, she's the one more interested in the kissing than he is. In reality, Junior Floyd has a boner. 
I don't know. I th- do you think girls were more interested in kissing before boys were in grade school? I don't know, but this is a perfect segue into, uh, do you want to add any clarity on that story that we slammed you with last <laughs> week on the lady takeover? Uh, yeah, you got it pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, I get the word that I'm supposed to go kiss. By the way, let's, that's a, on the last pod. We told a story about Hank growing up in grade school. I did not go to the same grade school as Hank, but we found out that he was going to be kissing a girl like in the seventh grade or and sixth you and grade. Me had never even met. <laughs> never met. But I just heard through the grapevine that this guy, Hank, was going to be kissing a girl in a football stadium, at a high school football stadium, like in an unnamed section or whatever. And then go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I get marched up by like my group of boys. She gets marched up by her group of girls. I completely chicken out. I yeah. am so nervous. Yeah. You know, first time kissing a girl and whatnot. I'm supposed to make out with her. I just peck her and then do my best to get out of there as fast as possible. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So you did kiss her. So that's an addendum to the story. It. We heard that you were going to make out. You just pecked. Obviously, we were all pretty fucking pissed. I knew I let everybody down. I you was let, so embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, we thought we were going to see tongue from, the, from you. Yeah. And uh, Caitlin M. But we didn't. And then, yeah, you bounced out of there pretty quick and then just said you're like, your mom was there. Yeah. It's all right, dude. I'll be living that one down for a little while. And we all bounce back. But that just so perfectly does illustrate that for whatever reason, kids all watch each other kiss boys and girls mm-hmm. in seventh and eighth grade. Not a big deal. Yeah. If I had a dime for every time people saw me kiss, I'd have like one dime. So let's tie this back into Becky here. Okay. So... This sparks in her an identity conflict. She loves playing football. She always wanted to play football, but also she has this crush on the quarterback, Junior Floyd, and she thinks he only likes girly girls, like the cheerleader type girls. And then Kevin O'Shea, super devious move, manipulates her into playing on that like, oh, if boys like pretty girls, if, if you like a boy, you should... Try cheerleading or something. and I mean, Kevin O'Shea wants Ws. There's a pretty moving point where she's putting on makeup. Like, yeah. Which is super not Icebox. No. And she has a pretty good monologue. Uh, her dad calls her his little fullback. And she like gets emotional and says, Mom used to call me her little princess. And she says, No, Dad. So yeah. it's pretty cool that this movie has a no dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has like a you're not my dad moment. Love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's probably, you know, this is a movie for boys and girls. Dude, it totally is. And so to your point, Icebox, she just bails. She's like, you know what? I don't really care about this football shit. I want the boys. She skips the first half. She compromises her true self, which is so painful. And we don't want to see that. Yeah. We don't want to see that. Kids, good tip for the kids. Kids, you just got to be you. Do you, kids? Don't compromise your true self just to win the affections of a boy or a girl. Yeah, don't do it. Icebox, she skips the first half. The Giants obviously get down like 50 points. Now we get to the halftime speech because really nothing happens in this first half worth mentioning other than Crush City. Yeah. The Giants, they go into the half. Fucking Rick Moranis. Dude, he's been in this position his whole fucking life. Back against the wall. Yeah. You put, dude, you put a Rick Moranis with his back against the wall? What's he going to do? Slither on out of there? Slither a claw? Either way, he's getting out of that. Might fucking... climb over. I don't know. Either way, dude, 
he's getting his ass out of the back of that fucking wall with his own back to it. Into the center of the room. Yeah. So Rick Moranis is down and he gives this halftime speech to the kids. You guys belong out there with those cowboys. You know how I know that? Because I belong out there with my brother. Give us a break, coach. You can never beat Kevin O'Shea at anything. No, that's not true. I did beat him once. When? When we were kids. We used to race our bikes down Cherry Hill every day after school. We'd race every day, and he'd always beat me. But one time, one time, I beat him. You beat Kevin down Cherry Hill? Yes, I did. He ate my dust. Big deal. One time. Still doesn't make us good football players. Yeah. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? You play football because you want to. You play football because it's fun. You play football so you can go out there and pretend that you're Joe Montana throwing a touchdown pass or Emmett Smith going for a long run. And even if those Cowboys are better than you guys, even if they beat you 99 times out of 100, that still leaves... One time. One time. Yeah. One time. One time, dude. That's all it takes. Fucking one time. It still leaves it. Dude, if we had nickels for how many times we have quoted one time beating Kevin down Cherry Hill. That's a good point. How many nickels do we have? 17 minimum? Way more than 17 nickels. Yeah, if you count our whole life. Yeah. Probably. At least one in every three beer pong games I played in college. Essentially, anytime I was losing anything, I would just yell it only takes one time <laughs> based on that speech. There's some other good themes in that speech. He starts with missed opportunities. Mm. He's, the kids are like, just tell him we're injured. We can't play the second half. He's like, whoa, guys, I put myself on the injured list one time. You know what? Never got off it. Missed mm. opportunities. Don't do it. Yeah. I have a feeling that Rick Moran has spent his entire life on the injured list. <laughs> so, yeah. He can relate. He took himself out of acting. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Whoa, quitter. dude. His wife died. Whoa. Whoa. Shots fired. Anyways, go on. So any other, what are the other themes? Confidence is the second theme when he builds to one time. Actually, the, this speech cracks me up. The first thing he says is, whoever said you had to be good to play football? Yeah, that made no sense. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, so true. Yeah. You just got to have heart. Well, yeah. I mean, some talent is involved, but heart heart helps. Well, but talent, you need some talent. A coach said to me in sophomore year at football practice, Hank, why do you play football? You're not big. You're not fast. You don't have good hands. What are you doing out here? Mm. And I was shredded. Right. So I very much resonated with the, whoever said you had to be good to play football? So you went home, took a couple nights, cried yourself to sleep, <laughs> got yourself right. 48 hours later, you cried it out, went back to him and said, hey, coach, bitch, it's all in here. And you point to your fucking heart. Oh, I never even, I never even fell for his shit. My response was, I love football. Like, you're the idiot. I'm yeah. out here because I love playing football. You don't understand that? What's he up to these days? Still coaching football. <laughs> you guys are both coaching football. <laughs> for the same team. So you showed him. You guys are both just doing the same shit. I called him out on it as an adult. Oh, you guys laugh about it now? Uh, I laughed about it at him. <laughs> What's he say about it? Doesn't even remember. He didn't remember it. Yeah, dude. If God, I bet all these coaches just 
literally remember like no because to them it's just a tuesday you know giving shitty advice to kids yeah but if you're a kid and you hear that stuff it's like um that's gonna now shape the entire rest of my life you idiot yeah so yeah it must be interesting now when you go up to them like hey remember when you said that thing to me guy i spent a lot of time thinking about it. (laughs) yeah a lot of sleepless nights crying myself to sleep you dick (laughs) um so anyways yeah back to the show they turn their shit around icebox even before she comes back they start turning around because, dude, that heart starts to fucking kick in. Yes. They start turning it around. They make it competitive. And then we get to that aforementioned scene that you were talking about where Junior Floyd gets knocked out by Spike. Such a cheap shot. So in that scene, Spike's dad was the catalyst for that. Like Spike's dad went up to Spike and he says this fucking clip. All right, Spike, we're not taking any chances, okay? Either you take Junior Floyd out of this game or you'll be donating a kidney to Aunt Ruth. Do you understand? Yes, sir! Okay. It's like, dude, Spike's dad. Like, what the fuck is your damage, guy? Honestly, maybe we should just, like, give Spike's dad a little piece of that MCITW because, and just keep it in the Spike family. That move is insane. Spike family. Can you imagine going to Mr. Your, Spike? Mr. Spike. You go to your 10-year-old son. You're like, hey, 10-year-old son, this other team's starting to like, you know, get competitive back in this game. And you guys have let your guard down a little bit. Um, just go injure the fuck out of one of those kids, son. We already have all the advantages, but let's just go hurt their second best player. Such a weak-ass move by Spike's dad. Fucking idiot. With a flat top. So, dude, then, yeah, Flat Top's running the Spike family. So then, Icebox comes back. What's that cheerleader doing with the helmet on? That's no cheerleader. That's my niece, Becky. She's pissed. Dude, when Icebox came back, I was like, fucking game on, kids. That eye black she puts on. Oh, my God. I know. She didn't even change fully out of her cheerleading outfit. So she's just wearing like she's got full pads up top, but then no leg pads. Did you see that? She just got her cheerleading like skirt on. Because you know what? Woke points. She's like, fuck these dudes. When she came back, I just, her first uh, her first scene, she's playing like, uh, by the way, she's wearing Lawrence Taylor's number 56. That's cool. Because they're the Giants. I did not make that connection, no. The Like the greatest defensive player of all time, Lawrence Taylor. She's wearing 56, his number, because she plays linebacker. She plays a great linebacker, too. Fundamentally speaking, some of these plays, she does exactly what she's supposed to. That's what I was going to say. They brought that other director in to, like, I guess, choreograph the uh, football scenes. I, I don't have, like, you, look, you're a football coach. You and I played football growing up a lot. You obviously still very connected to it. Did you see many flaws with the football? It was pretty no. good. 
I have written down that there's a triple option, which is a very complicated play to defend. And the little giants, the middle linebacker covers the dive exactly correctly. The defensive end crashes exactly the way he's supposed yeah. to. And the linebacker fills on the pitch. It was like every, every, or not the linebacker, the safety fills on the pitch exactly the way they were supposed to. But then it, it goes for a touchdown. Like the defense, they all did exactly what they're supposed to in the but, first cut. Right. And then it cuts to somebody just running around the edge for a touchdown. Well, that that's probably just speaks to the fact that their entire team was just better, quicker, faster. So I, I even if I can imagine even if you're the Giants and you cover the play correctly, that I could still see the other team just on raw talent still being able to score. Yeah, that wasn't much a that wasn't much of a nit. I was actually excited to see them them do that correctly it was actually fast eddie the linebacker um he feels so good and then floyd breaks on the pitch nice um nice notes there's good plays dude a lot of them there's also i i noticed just from a weird like nerd football perspective there was one play where they called a counter and then i was watching it i'm like they better fucking show him like going right on that counter like faking right before then taking the handoff left it's entirely realistic the way it pans out but they did they then they called a counter and then Spike took the handoff. He like did that like half step to the right, like he was gonna take the handoff right, and the play was going right. Mm-hmm. And then it went Switched left fields. Yeah, and I was like, Icebox saw it, and she was actually they had her playing the position whose responsibility it is to guard the counter. Yeah, and she's the one who made the play. So, all this inside football talk aside, they nailed the football like choreography, whatever you want to call it. When the plays it translates. were real. Yeah. It was totally realistic, and that first scene when Icebox comes back and Spike is like, he gets a handoff and Icebox from like the middle linebacker position, like comes over, reads it, and then just like fucking takes out his legs. He fumbles. He totally fumbles and uh, like flips him, dude. Loved it. And then Spike fucking flips over and it's like, holy fuck, yes, Icebox is back. Hell of a stick. Stuck the shit out of him. Spike didn't have a very good game. I mean, he had some touchdowns in the first half, but that fumble, dude. And, that and then fumble he gets was... stopped on the goal line by Icebox on that switch yeah. field cutback we talked about. That's yep. Another critical play. Good call up by you. They go for it. I don't even know if I think it wasn't it like fourth down and they go for it like fourth and goal. Yeah, the whole team is making like team defensive stops like the little jake kid with the annoying mom who was a candidate for the practice hero yeah like he like loses his fear and jumps on spike's back and spike like runs for like six more yards but then all the other team gets there so they're gaining yardage yeah but they they get him to a fourth and one because they're playing as a team right yeah dude a classic fucking classic awesome teamwork it was just great teamwork they get it to where it's like okay we get that stop on fourth and goal. We're down. What were they down? Maybe like three, four points. They yeah, they were down by one score. Down by one score or something. Yeah, one like score that. wins the one game. One score wins the game. Yeah. So then they get the ball. Four seconds left. They're on their own, like two what, half yard line. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we got one fucking play, one play for all the marbles in the town of Urbania. O'Shea, brother on brother crime. Who's going to get the fucking gas station? Who's going to get the car dealership? <laughs> it all comes down to this one final play. And what do they run? The annexation of Puerto Rico. Annexation of Puerto Rico. Which as a kid, I never knew what the word annexation meant. And I never even bothered wondering. I just thought it was a funny name for a play. 
As an adult, I'm only 36% sure what that word means. What do you think it means? Uh, you like remove yourself from I think it a means part you of, become a state. Yeah, like you remove yourself from the shit you're in to be your own shit. No, you become part of the United States, I think. Totally. Let's check this out. <laughs> Look it up, dude. Look it up. What's it mean? Uh, it means the opposite of what you thought it meant. Mm. It means becoming a state or becoming part of something like an annex, like the cafeteria annex. It's been cool. added on. Love that. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Annexation of Puerto Rico. Hey, dude. They say you learn something new every day. On this podcast, dude? This podcaster? Sitting here in this podcast studio? I'm not immune to learning new things every day on this podcast. In this mo- kids' children's movie helps us learn a new word. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, essentially what this play is, is like a fumble risky play, right? I'm not even sure if that's a real word used in football. I they, That might have just been in this movie, fumble risky. I've heard that in life. You've heard it? Yeah. Okay. But, again, I don't know if it's people just saying it from this movie <laughs> or if it's an actual thing. But I do have a fun fact about that. So, read this. The game-winning play inspired the Michigan State Spartans coach Mark D'Antonio heard of him who was also the coach of the University of Cincinnati for a short period of time probably why I heard of him he made a similar play faking a field goal for a touchdown in their September 18th 2010 match against Notre Dame bringing them a 34-31 victory after the game D'Antonio said quote by the way the name of that play is Little Giants end quotes it happened again on December 18, 2011, when the Carolina Panthers called the play and fullback Richie Brockle scored on a seven-yard run. The Panthers won 28-13. Ironically, the play itself would later be banned in Pee Wee and Pop Warner football, though not at higher levels. That like, Yeah, it kind of seems like a cheating play a little bit. Yeah, because... So it's a misdirection. You have the center. He f- fake snaps the ball. And then just sets the ball down on the ground, right? I guess that's what would make it legal because he's not an eligible ball carrier or receiver. Right. But because you set the ball on the ground, then it's a fumble. Then anyone can pick it up and advance it. Yeah. It's kind of like in the NFL, they made all these changes to the rules where they say like, okay, now on fumbles, you can't advance it. Yeah. Stuff like that. So in this play, they're on their own like one yard line. They essentially force their own fumble, run a misdirection to icebox around the outside. The entire team, Cowboys team, runs and tries to tackle her. And then unbeknownst to the entire Cowboys team who is focused on icebox getting the final play, the fat guy has just picked up that forced fumble that he created and is just running down the right sideline. Eventually he gets tackled and he yeah. heaves the ball behind him. Yeah. Heads up play. Junior Floyd is pursuing the play. All Good hard. fundamentals. Ball pops right into his hands because he was in the right spot. That's, Dude. A, that's a hustle play. Yeah. it's Ends up. They go down. They fucking score. Clip. Inspiration, dude. Fucking love it. Giants win the game. The announcer's like yelling, Giants win! Giants win! That announcer was hilarious. Yeah. I'd like a little peek into what that announcer's life is like also like Coach Butts because that announcer 
what the fuck is he doing with his life? That that was a pretty funny bit roll. Fits in with the trope you've talked about a couple times, like the announcer at schools and whatnot. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, just like that DJ at schools who's just going way too hard, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Anyways, Giants win the game. It all ends up like rainbows and flowers. Kevin O'Shea and Rick Moranis, they just become cool at the end. They put both their names on the fucking water tower. It's like, boom, O'Shea Brothers, Urbania, home of the O'Shea Brothers. Love that water tower. Yeah. So, at this point, there was, by the way, supposed to be a Little Giants too, but it never materialized. If there was, uh, when it's all said and done, Mm -hmm. a sequel, Little Giants 2. How do you see that playing out? I think it's got potential. I think it could also be bad. Um, are we staying in the football realm or are we taking on a new activity? Let's follow Icebox. Let's just figure out what Icebox's life or turned Junior out Floyd. to be. I think Icebox is right because I think Icebox, she stopped playing football because obviously like puberty happened. It just couldn't continue with her once she got into high school. Like she just couldn't keep up. Why don't we just say that she she moved over into soccer, joined the women's national team, and played with Mia Hamm and totally won a gold medal with Mia Hamm. Should we just say that? If we want to get super woke, Rapino would be in it. Yeah, but that's later. That's like too late. At that point, like yeah, in twenty sixteen. Yeah, right. No, it's Mia Hamm for sure. Icebox is like forty seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, I just want to say on Icebox, uh, she turned out to be a total smoke show. Really? Yeah. She's very attractive now. I was wondering if this topic was going to come up. <laughs> she is. Like, if you... I typed into Google, I was like, forget... What's her name? Um, Shauna Waldron. I typed in Shauna Waldron now, and uh, she is very attractive. That's nice. Yeah. It's good to see. Yeah. It's good to see. Okay, dude. MVP time. You want to give it? I no, I I haven't thought about it. Doesn't matter. Who is it? I mean, what's your dick telling you? Give me a real quick minute, second to think. I want you to go from the dick. It's got to be Icebox. She makes the movie, man. Yeah, I agree. It's either got to be Icebox or Danny O'Shea. I mean, you could give it to Danny O'Shea because you said you empathize with him. He like there's a lot of similarities. It's not just him. The theme of the movie inspired me, and I guess he was the voice of that philosophy that everybody can play football yeah but so was icebox she was a champion of the underdog like she stuck by her like outcast group of misfit nerds if we'll call them football team even when the cool kids were picking on them like she was the only one strong enough to defend the nerds i mean iconic character in a movie dude she's been in nothing else and we all still to this day remember fucking becky o'shea icebox so many quotes from this movie stayed with me and when I was a kid, Icebox being good at football, totally believable. As an adult, it was still totally believable. Even watching it back right now, she is athletic as fuck. Watching, you know, as a kid running around playing. Great peewee football linebacker and fullback. I did not for a second have my belief suspended. I was always in the movie like, shit, she could totally beat some ass. She looks like she could. Yeah, dude. Love it. Uh, Let's give it to Icebox. She's the best. Okay, dude. Hank, hey, thanks for coming in. Coronavirus or not, you really braved it coming out here. We stayed safe. We're social distancing here. Yeah. We're not 
high-fiving and sneezing on each other. I'm staring at your wet wipe that you wiped down the entire podcast studio with before we heated these mics up, and I appreciate that. Safety first. Yeah. So, kids, it's great advice for you. You also be safe out there, kids. And while you're tucking in right now, kids, and being safe, I'd also like to tell you, be free and explore. Get some of our Wicklow wear, kids. Get some of that shit. Hank's got it. It's good swag. It's good stuff. With all that said, you have a really good night's sleep. Kids and Hank, do you want to help with the sign-off? What we're going to tell those kids is they're going to bed. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do way less. Do way less. (laughs) Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.